Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth the kingdom of heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Today is part two. We're going to continue to talk about when God challenges your viewpoint. So the other day, we talked about an encounter that Peter had with the Lord. We talked about the interpretation of that and how the Holy Spirit needed to help him interpret because of the religious mindset. Today, we're going to talk about the other side of that and being able to walk, to walk it out and walk out what the Lord's showing you, that vision that he's showing you. But before we dive in again, I want to welcome everyone. If you have not listened to part one yet, I want to encourage you to go back and do that. Um, but, you know, because otherwise you're picking up in the middle of here with part two, but we welcome you. My name is Ruth Hendrickson. I run a ministry, RHM International, and you can find out more about us at the website, ruthhendrickson.org. So, all right, let's talk about this. Just a quick, quick recap of yesterday. We actually went into Acts 10, and it was the vision that Peter has of the sheep being lowered down from heaven with all the unclean animals in it. And and the Lord's saying, take an eat or kill an eat. And he's saying, no, I can't do that. I've never eaten anything that goes against our Jewish laws. And this happens three times. All right. And he, you know, and, and what the voice says each time is basically do not call something unclean that I have determined or I have decreed is clean. And so we talked about how if we take this at face value, it would be interpreted according to Jewish law, which was what Peter was doing. He really needed the Holy Spirit. He needed the Lord to help him interpret in the way that God intended. You see, when God challenges our viewpoint, it will take us outside our comfort zone. That's just that's just what God does. So here's the thing is, as we go into this. As as we you know we're on the other side of that we're on that we're we're you know stepping into that vision and the pieces are beginning to come together and we're having to actually walk out something that might go against our grain might go against our belief system might go against our understanding but will always align with the heartbeat of God. Okay, Peter knew that God loved everyone, but he was still struggling with the Jewish traditions versus the love of God for all people. So again, today we're going to talk about walking out the vision that God gives. Now remember that vision that God gave Peter would take him outside his religious understanding and into a totally new realm. And he's going to get questioned for this. Okay. It's it's not just him um, being active and doing it, but later on there would be religious leaders who question him, who who try to call him to account. And he just has to explain this over and over. So it's really important to understand that he didn't step out haphazardly, but God confirmed this vision to him. As Peter pondered it, he was able to recognize the moment that this began to unfold in real time. Now, in Acts 10, 19, it says, meanwhile, okay, so meanwhile, Peter's still up on the roof and he's still puzzling over this vision because on one hand, he knows what the Jewish traditions are, and he knows that he's been really careful to follow these, to adhere to them. And on the other hand, the Lord was very clear, don't call something unclean that I have declared as clean. So as he's puzzling over this, he's still pondering, he's still there with the Holy Spirit. He's, he's holding this before the Lord. And the Holy Spirit says to him, three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. He hasn't told them who these men are. He hasn't told them that they're Gentiles. He hasn't told Peter anything except there's three men downstairs. You're to get up. You're to go down. You're to go with them. You are not to hesitate. Why? 
because I have sent them. I am, I am the one. I am broadening your horizons. I'm changing your viewpoint. I'm changing your mindset because I'm looking at things from a much higher level than what you're looking at them. So again, notice he's partnering with the Holy Spirit. And I can't stress that enough because he didn't just turn away from the vision. He still had an ear turned to heaven. He was still pondering. He was still trying to figure everything out. So it's really key to understand that it's important when we move out, out into, when we move you know, out of our comfort zone and into the plans of God, that we still keep that ear tuned to heaven. You see, we can't afford to get so excited that we run ahead or so scared that we lag behind. And that's a challenge, isn't it? To stay right step in step with the Holy Spirit. So Peter goes down to the door and he, he greets these three visitors and he asks them why they have why they come. And they immediately tell him about Cornelius and also the encounter that Cornelius had with the angel. In other words, what they were offering, while it was separate from the vision Peter had had, it confirmed that vision. Peter still understood only in part. You see, Cornelius was not a Jew. Okay, and there were so many Jewish laws that were coming into play in this moment. When we look at Acts 10, there's so much more going on than what we understand in the moment. And so let me just open to that real quick here. So Acts 10, because I want to read this to you. Um, so Cornelius, okay, let me just start with verse one in, in Caesarea. There lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. But remember, he wasn't a Jew, okay? He was a Roman. He gave generously to the poor. He prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision. Now, we talked about Peter's vision yesterday, but Cornelius has a vision where he sees an angel of God. He, he knows who it is. He sees the angel of God coming towards him. Cornelius, the angel said, of course, with this encounter, he's terrified. And he says, what is it, sir? The angel replied, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He's staying with Simon a Tanner who lives near the seashore. And so what does he do? He immediately calls because he's been given a very specific direction to go or something to do. So he goes and he, um, you know, he sends them. Okay, so that's, so, you know, here again, you have, a Gentile, you know, a Roman army officer who is a devout believer contacting this Jewish man. Okay, so these men, his, his servants or whomever he sent, they, you know, they, they knock on the door, Peter says, hey, why are you here? And they begin to tell him about Cornelius and the encounter that Cornelius has had with the angel. Again, it goes and confirms because don't call something unclean that God has declared clean. In other words, Peter, you're a good Jewish man, but you need to go with the Gentiles and you're going to go see this Roman officer. So the next day they head out for the home of Cornelius, who had called together all his relatives and his close friends. In other words, Cornelius had an expectation based on the word of God that this was a divine appointment, a divine encounter, and God was going to move. And he didn't keep that to himself. He was brave and he gathered others to witness to be part of to experience this encounter with God whatever Peter was going to bring Cornelius was prepared he was excited and he was open 
So the other thing to notice, though, is when Peter arrives at Cornelius's house, what happens is Cornelius falls at his feet and worships. In other words, okay, God, this is who you sent, so I must be supposed to worship him. Cornelius didn't fully understand the wholeness of God. He didn't understand everything God was saying. He was being stretched also. You know, he was worshiping the man of God rather than God Almighty. That right there is a key that we need to understand. We absolutely cannot afford to worship the man or woman of God over God himself. That is a trap. It is dangerous. The men and women of God are human, just like we are. They can be the biggest name. You can admire them. You can feel they're always on track. But the moment you put them over God, the moment I put them over God, we are in trouble. Let me say that again. We cannot afford to worship the man or woman of God over God himself. All right. So that's what Cornelius was doing right here falling at the feet of Peter, going to worship him. And um, Peter pulls him up and says, don't worship me. You know, there's a vast difference between respect, worship, and making an idol of somebody. We can respect them. Yes, we're to respect the men and women of God, but we don't worship them and we don't make them into an idol. So whenever you worship or idolize the message bearer over the Lord, you will fall short of who God has called you to be. Let me just say that again. Whenever you worship or idolize the message bearer over the Lord, you will fall short of who God's called you to be. It immediately puts a block in. It immediately sets a trap. It's a snare in which so many people have been entangled. Why do so, When a leader falls, why do so many within the body of Christ fall? Because they put that individual on a pedestal that they're not created to be on. We always look to the one true God. So in verse 26, Peter pulls Cornelius up and he says to him, stand up, I'm a human being just like you. So they talked together and they went inside where many others were assembled. Now he's just set foot into a Gentile's home, which a good Jewish man doesn't do. That was one of their laws that they're not allowed to do that. So in fact, their laws were such he shouldn't even be talking to this man. And yet he goes in and he says, but God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me, why did you send for me? You see, I want you to notice that he goes and he shares the lesson God has given him. In other words, he didn't just walk in as this big, mighty, you know, disciple of Jesus Christ, this big, mighty apostle. He shares, you know what? The Lord told me to come. I'm here out of obedience. Now, why did you send for me? You know, a question here, what lesson has God been giving you that will open up the door for the gospel to go further? You see, if Peter had said no on the roof, then it, the, God wouldn't have been able to use him to get the gospel to the Gentiles in this moment. He also asked the same question of Cornelius that he did ask to the men who came to get him, which was basically, what's up? What's going on? You see, the Lord just told him to go. He didn't tell him why. He just said to go. So again, Peter sees the connection as Cornelius replies, four days ago, I was praying in my house about the same time. You see, Cornelius is going to go and give the account again. Three o'clock in the afternoon, suddenly a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. He told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. Your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He's staying at the home of Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. So I sent for you at once. It was good of you to come. Now we're all here. 
waiting before God to hear the message that the Lord has given you. Sir Cornelius also has a listening ear. But both Cornelius and Peter had to stay, take steps to carry out the vision that they were given. And there's confirmations in the process. And God's been speaking to both of them, and it becomes very clear. But the only way they could get to this point of the conversation was for each of them to take a risk, to take a step of faith. As Peter adds all the components together, he, he actually has an aha moment. In verse 34, he says, you know what? He goes, then Peter replied, I see very clearly, just say, I see very clearly that the Lord shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do right what is right. That aha moment. What aha moment is the Lord giving you that opens you up to a whole new realm where you begin to see things differently, where you see the love of God for the people around you, no matter what their skin color is, no matter what their social economic background is, no matter what culture they're from. It doesn't matter what you can put, whatever label you want on it. The thing is, is God sees everyone and he sees everyone the same and he loves everyone and everyone's called into the kingdom. Again, we can learn from Peter as he says, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. In every nation, every tongue, every tribe, every people, God accepts those who do what is right. You see, with this statement that Peter made, he just set a new standard for the church, Jesus for all. Not only for some, Jesus for all. As he goes on speaking, the Holy Spirit goes and falls on everyone that he's listening to the message. So now, here we learn another key. There are other Jewish believers who had traveled with Peter. They hadn't had the same personal vision, the encounter that Peter had had with sheep and the animals in it. They were watching and listening to everything that happened. And they were amazed. And we need to remember that we never know who within the body of Christ is going to be watching and listening, who's going to be eavesdropping, who's going to be watching our, our, you know, our God encounters, who's going to be eavesdropping as things happen as we step out in faith. You know, I just want to point out one thing. If you go on and you take a look at Acts 11, you know, what happens is there's been this amazing encounter, of course, as, as you know, Peter and Cornelius and, you know, um, you know, they, they're just filled on the Holy Spirit. He baptizes them the whole nine yards, okay? In other words, there's been a Holy Spirit par party in Cornelius's house, okay? The fire of God, the presence of God, the power of God has fallen. But if you go on to Acts 11, news of this, good news travels, right? Reaches the apostles and the other believers in Judea that the Gentiles had received the word of God. But when Peter arrived back in Jerusalem, the Jewish believers criticized him. You entered the home of the Gentiles and even ate with them, they said. It was against Jewish law. Remember that. Peter goes and he tells them exactly what had happened. Talk, tells them about being up on the roof praying. He tells them about the vision. He tells them about the sheep being let down. He tells them about what the Lord had said. He tells them that it happened three times. He tells them about the men arriving. And then he goes and tells them about beginning to speak at Cornelius's house and the Holy Spirit falling on them just like it had on the Jewish believers not that long before. And he says, and since God gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Who was I to stand in God's way? Literally that, who am I to stand in God's way? Literally that reads, who am I to prevent God? And as they heard this, they stopped objecting and rather went into praise and began praising God for what he was doing. So you see, what I really want us to get at is that when God challenges our viewpoint, it's very likely that there's others around us who probably have that same viewpoint that's just been challenged. So we have to take a risk and walk it out. What I love is every step of the way, Peter went back to the vision. He explained the vision. He shared it with Cornelius. And then when he was questioned by the religious leaders, by the authorities, um, he didn't deny anything. He didn't soft pedal. He just basically said, let me tell you the story. Let me tell you what God showed me. And then let me tell you what God has done. Let me tell you what the word of God says, how he challenged my viewpoint, how I walked into it. Now let me bear testimony. Let me give testimony to what God did. Yeah, it didn't line up with our religious traditions, but it certainly lined up with the heartbeat of God. And we're all being stretched. He was willing. He as he stepped in, he didn't make excuses. He didn't apologize. He didn't backpedal. He just stood on the word of God. So when God challenges our viewpoint, we begin to walk it out. Also be ready to stand. Don't be afraid to share the account. Don't be afraid to share what God is doing. Don't let anything hold you back. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this account of Peter. I, I, we thank you, God, for how you show him wrestling with the vision, how he's wrestling with being drawn out of the religious strongholds and traditions that he had so faithfully followed. Lord, how, how you just spoke and said, Peter, this is what you need to do. And at the same time, Lord, you're over there with Cornelius, who is just loving you and following you. And you're going to set up this, this divine, this God encounter between he and Peter, which is going to have major impact on both. On Peter, he sees that you're a God to the Gentiles, to every single nation. You love every single people group. It sets a new standard for the church. You're expanding his vision. You're pulling him out of the religious tradition and into who you are. For Cornelius, God, you're showing the, the Gentile believers how much you love them. You're bringing, you're, you're releasing your Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit falls and they're baptized. And there's such a course change, both within the Jewish people and the Gentile people, because both of these men, followed what you said to do. So Father, give us the wisdom to follow what you tell us to do, God. Give us those, those eyes to see the visions, the ears to hear your voice, and to step into it. The wisdom, not to process it at our level, but to process from your perspective, to join hands with you, to really turn that listening ear to you, so that we get the depth of what you're saying, that we don't just stop at the surface. So Father, I just pray for everyone right now who is with me, God. I pray for dreams, I pray for visions, and I pray for the ability to process those visions with you, and then the wisdom and the discernment, the timing to step out, and to step into what you're calling us to do. And Father, when we're questioned, that we don't back down, but Father, your word says that when we open our mouths, when we're taken before the courts and we open our mouths, you'll put the words in it. So Father, right here, Peter was being questioned and you went and he just began to share. You gave him the words. He began to share with a boldness what had happened with so much love. I'm sure so much awe. So Father, as we open our mouths to defend, whether it's a family member, whether it's a peer group, our church, whomever, Father, you give us the words that we can present. And Father, I, I just pray that we would know 
what to say, Father. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your word. I thank you for that you do break us out of our comfort zones, that you do call us to go places we never thought we'd go. Remember, Peter never would have set foot in a Gentile's home or eaten with them, and yet he did. So, Father, that you would stretch us, God. We just give you permission to stretch us, to stretch us, God, to just be wholeheartedly sold out for you and walking the way that you want us to walk because, God, as you, as Peter said, who are we to stand in God's way? Who are we to prevent you from moving? God, we want to partner with you. So we just thank you, Lord. We look forward to great expectation to see what you're going to do in our lives, in us and through us and around us. Shake it up, God. Shake it up. Shift our viewpoints. Shake us up for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you for joining me today. Please share this, rate, review, comment have conversations, go back and forth in those comments. Um, we want to continue to spread the good news. Make sure you share part one and part two, both with uh, people around you. Put a little comment as to why you're sharing it, how it can help them. But we want to grow. You know what? We want to encourage each other and build each other up. And remember, you have a wonderful destiny. God has plans and purposes for your life. Your heart is created to sing. You are created to have the mind of Christ. That is who you are. Have an amazing day and be so blessed. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to comment, like, review, and share it with others to help us reach more people. We also invite you to like and follow Ruth Hendrickson Ministries on Facebook or subscribe to the YouTube channel. We welcome your prayers and financial partnership to make this podcast possible. If you would like to financially support this ministry, please visit our website, ruthhendrickson.org.